what goes up must come down. Welcome to the Brand Breakdown. I'm Michelle. And I'm Courtney. And this is where we're going to track the rise and fall of big brands, from companies to celebs to pop culture phenoms and everything in between. Let's get started. So, hey guys, welcome back to the Brand Breakdown. So this is uh, right before our Christmas holidays. So hopefully we'll get this episode out in time. And if we don't, it'll be a little Christmas gift right after. Um, so this today we're going to be talking about Catherine Elizabeth Middleton or Kate Middleton before she was Catherine Princess of Wales, before she was Duchess of Cambridge, mm-hmm. before she was, was she anything else before Wayne that? Wayne Katie, if you want. Wady Katie, that's right. Um, so anyway, we're going to be talking about her early years and when she started dating William all the way up until um, she married him and kind of uh, talking about what they dubbed the Kate effect, which really is how her brand just sort of um, organically formed around her because of who she is. So uh, as always, our royal expert Courtney is here with us, and she is going to talk about Kate the early years. All right. So, um, Catherine Elizabeth Middleton was born on January 9th, 1982. She is the eldest of three kids, which I'm sure a lot of you know. Uh, her sister, Pippa, Philippa, nicknamed Pippa, who gained a lot of attention during the royal wedding because of her bum looking fantastic in that dress, um, is the middle child. I will say that, but like, I, I thought, I thought I had a girl. I know. Crush How could you not? Butt was a, like, I mean, it was ridiculous. The back of that gown was ridiculous. I know. And it was such a simple, um, like there was not much to that gown. It was so simple, but the fit was so good. And the Middleton family is very, like, they're all very athletic. They spend a lot of time outside. There's, they're always, you know, like exercising and whatever. So like you can tell, like she put in her time at the gym and it paid off for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. For real. She has nice arms too, but I think she looks like she's like a little thing. Like she looks like a slip of a thing. Um, so she doesn't look Pippa? very, you know, yeah, she doesn't look very big anyway. No, I mean, I think um, Pippa's like, she's shorter than Kate, but I think a couple inches. I think she's like five. I want to say she's like five, seven. Um, Let's see. She's really? five Because she does not Pippa's look. Five, five. Okay. And then Kate okay. is five nine. Kate's like five Kate's seven. Kate's five nine. Oh, is she five yes. nine? Because oh, Prince wow, William yeah. is six three. So he's very tall, and yeah. she's also very tall. But like you know, they're proportionately tall compared to each other, I guess. Although my husband's six three and I'm five two, and we just look ridiculous standing next to each other. Um, I- I know. I was going to say, I often see really tall guys with little tiny yeah. girls. Um, my husband's 6'4 and I'm 5'8, so we are more evenly matched. But for sure, like in high school, and like a bunch of my friends, their husbands are 6'4 and above, and they're all 5'5. Five, five you have a bunch so. of friends with husbands who are 6'4 or taller. <laughs> what is in the water down there? Girl. <laughs> Right, Jesus. girl, we we grow them big. In My the God, <laughs> up here in the land, it's true. We live, I live in the land of Munchkin people, where everybody—it's all like Portuguese <laughs> and Italian and Spanish people up here, and so like we are not a tall people and. My like my husband's six three. My dad is like six one or six two, and they look out of place because they're so much taller than most of the men. Because I mean, not that all the guys around here are like 
miniature or anything, but they're like, you know, five, five, ten is probably like the average height between like five, nine, five, ten. Um, and so a guy over six feet here is kind of like, oh, you're very tall. And then my husband being six, three is like exceedingly tall. So the fact that you just like have a lot of six foot four people running around is like, it's so crazy. I'm like thinking about it now that you say that and fully like five of my closest friends, their husbands are all six, three or six, four. That's weird. That's, That's like weird. I never really bonkers. thought about it. But. Did they, did they all meet yeah. at like the same, like, do they all like go to the same school and all the boys were like on the basketball team or something? Like, did they meet? No, they didn't even know each other. Like one lives in Charleston. One went to a different high huh. school. Weird. Um, one doesn't live in this state. Um, so they're, they're from all over, but somehow like all of my friends married really tall guys. Uh, that's really weird. Except I mean, I have a couple of friends who their husbands are sort of like average size and whatever. And, the, you know, we don't hold that against them in any way. Oh, I'm sure um, they'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> they, <laughs> they have other attributes. That's good. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of, um, friends who have tall husbands. That's so weird that you say that. Like I've never really thought about it. I've grown up around tall people. My mom was tall. Uh, my grandparents were tall. My granddad was tall. My cousins and uncles were all tall. David's cousins and uncles are all tall. Um, so oh, weird. weird. Yes, we come from a land of giants. Um, anywho, anywho moving, <laughs> moving back on. To so <laughs> the Middleton, the moving Middletons on, are very sorry. athletic. Um, and then there is also James Middleton, who is the baby of the family and the only boy. And James is also a very athletic outdoorsy type of guy and the three Middleton children grew up very close in fact their whole family is really close um they were nicknamed when the kids were in school they were nicknamed the en masse Middletons because they always went everywhere together as a family and so we all know that you know where they are now is pretty incredible um Carol Middleton the mother built a business starting in the late 80s. She built party pieces. She became a self-made multi-millionaire. Um, Pippa married James Matthews, who is a self-made billionaire with a B. Um, he is actually, I believe, wealthier than Prince William is. And Catherine is, of course, the future queen. She's married to the current Prince of Wales, Prince William, and she is the mother of a future king. And James is, um, James owns a pet food company, <laughs> which sounds so unimpressive. I'm, I feel, yeah, that, that feels yeah. like, um, you know, also ran. But, you know, James, I mean, I, I adore Pippa Middleton. She married very well. She's done, a, she's accomplished a lot on her own, but her, she doesn't work right now. She is just the wife of a billionaire and she has, I believe, three children right now. Um, James is building a company that's very successful. He just had his first child. Um, and so the Middleton family is a group of people who are very hardworking. They're very humble. They are very, you know, put your head down, do your work, don't make a lot of waves. So you might be saying, what are we doing, doing a brand breakdown on somebody who doesn't really have the kind of controversy that the last brand breakdown royal couple <laughs> that we did has, which was the Sussexes. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that Kate has, you know, she's, her brand has changed so significantly from the time she kind of came on the scene as 
Prince William's college girlfriend to where she is now as the future queen of the United Kingdom and mother of a future king. Her her public persona and her brand and also her family's brand and their public profiles and persona have changed so much. And they have had some instances where they've had some pretty negative press. There have been a couple of things that could have been like, oh, is this going to be a monumentally huge problem that they've overcome? Um, And I think that the way they've overcome them has been kind of a masterclass in how to handle a crisis situation. And a lot of it kind of goes back to, you know, that royal philosophy of never complain, never explain. But Kate and the Middleton family have been putting that into play since before she was a royal because she dated Prince William for, I think, eight years before they were engaged. So they had a long period of time where they were in the public eye, but they were not a part of the royal family and they were not necessarily afforded the protection that being a part of the royal family gives somebody. Um, And I think we've talked before about the umbrella of privacy that the royal family has where there's certain agreements in place with the press where, you know, in exchange for regular pictures of the kids going to school on their first day, regular interviews about this, that, and the other thing, a Christmas photo and all of that, the press will agree to, to, uh, to a certain extent, let their private lives be private. They're not going to, you know, the paparazzi don't really chase the Royals around. If they do, those Photos are not typically published. So the royal family gets a certain amount of privacy when they're out in public in exchange for having very, very public working lives and also some aspects of their private lives having to be very public. For example, having a wedding that has to be you know, internationally televised and stuff like that. Um, on the flip side of that is... When somebody is becoming a member of the royal family or potentially just attached to the royal family like a girlfriend, they don't get that benefit of privacy. They become instant tabloid fodder and they get harassed and chased and their photos wind up everywhere. And you see those, you know, videos and photographs of a pack of photographers following Kate down the street when she's like trying to go to work one day and there is no real recourse there because in that, in those instances, you are dating a member of the Royal family. Your life is of public interest. We don't have any sort of agreement with you to leave you alone. And we don't have any reason to do so other than, you know, if one day a paparazzo just decided to be a nice person um, and it's in the public interest to know what you're doing. And especially when it came to Kate, you know, could this be the future queen There was a lot of interest in her. And the longer she dated William, the more intense that interest became. Um, And throughout all of it, I think the way Kate and her family have handled the ups and downs of being kind of thrown into the spotlight has been just an incredible masterclass on like how you should handle that type of thing. So we'll get into all that as it as it comes up. Um, (laughs) Let's circle back because I want to talk a little bit about um, her, um, how she ended up in private school, how, you know, where her family came from, um, 
let's talk about that. And then let's talk about, you know, the fact that she was bullied. I think that's so interesting. And um, the fact that later she would be accused of bullying to some mm-hmm. degree. I think that, that that is so far from, I mean, because kids that are bullied, they either become bullies or they are so anti-bully. And she seems like someone who would have been bullied and then would become, you know, feverishly anti-bully. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so let's, let's talk a little bit, let's go back a little bit to like, how were they able to go to private school? Cause they weren't always super wealthy. Um, and then, you know, kind of who they were in terms of, you know, English aristocracy. Yes. The Middleton family is pretty, as we know them today, when people think of the Middleton family, we think that as a self-made family, Carol Middleton made millions and millions and millions of dollars with party pieces. Pippa worked for a few companies. She wrote a book. She had a job as a columnist for the Waitrose magazine. And she was kind of, you know, the the epitome of a socialite. And then she married a billionaire. Um, Catherine obviously did this. She had a job. She kind of did the socialite thing, but she was dating a prince all through her college years and adult life. So we think like Middleton's self-made. However, if we go back a few generations, Michael Middleton's family. So Catherine's father is Michael Middleton. His family actually came from a bit of money. They had established themselves as far back as the Tudor times as landed gentry and also solicitors. And they had connections to the royal family that had, through the generations, accumulated enough wealth where there were trust funds set aside for the education of the children. It wasn't necessarily enough money that everyone in the family was living the high life, but there was enough money set aside for the kids to go to great schools. And they did. Um, And then... Carol's family, the Goldsmith family, they were very working class. They were, I believe her father was a miner or her grandfather was a miner, like very blue collar working class folks. So Michael and Carol, I believe they met while they were working together at British Airways. She was a flight attendant. He was a uh, flight dispatcher, I believe. And they met, they fell in love, they got married, tale as old as time. And so one of the members of the Middleton family was Peter Middleton. This is Mike Middleton's grandfather. And he was an RAF pilot. And he actually was Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh's co-pilot for two months during an RAF tour in South America. And the Middleton family had social connections with the royal family. You know, again, going as far back to the Tudor times, not very like, you know, they weren't best friends with the royals, but they had they kind of ran in that like landed gentry, lower level of the aristocracy circles. And then as time progressed, those connections got a little bit weaker, but there was still enough money there for the kids to go to great schools. So when Carol and Mike were living in they had moved back to Berkshire after living in Jordan for a couple of years. They had been living there because of Mike's job with British Airways. And when they moved back, Carol was, you know, always handling all the kids' stuff. And they were going, she was throwing birthday parties for the kids and going to parties for the kids. And she realized there was a gap in the market for gift bags for kids' parties and for decorations for kids' parties. And so she started a business called Party Pieces, making or putting together like the decoration kits for a kid's party and the gift bags for a kid's party. So a mom would 
put in an order and she would say, oh, hey, I need 20 gift bags for the kids. And the theme is going to be unicorns or whatever. And Carol would put together the gift bags that way. The mother didn't have to do anything or the father or whoever was throwing the party. They would just place their order. She would deliver it. And that was great. And so she started just doing this for the other parents in their area. And then she expanded a little bit. And eventually um, she was shipping orders throughout the UK. And when Catherine got married, they ended up expanding to America as well. Um, And over the course of time, this little business that she started at her kitchen table ended up being a business worth, I believe, like $60 million. So truly like... Didn't she recently sell it? Yes. So Party Pieces was sold, I think, like two years ago. She sold the company. And then during COVID times, unfortunately, it did not do well because nobody was having parties. And so the company that Mm. bought it just actually had to put the business in receivership, I guess. So Party Pieces is, I believe like the name exists and the brand still exists, but it's no longer a Middleton company. Yeah. And there is monies owed to different vendors. There was an article a few weeks ago saying like how awful it is that Carol Middleton hasn't paid her vendors and hasn't paid her creditors. But that actually has nothing to do with Carol Middleton. She had already sold the company by the point this happened. And the company that she sold it to assumed, you know, all assets and debts of the company. So, like, that had nothing to do with her. But people, as they always seem to do with the Middleton family, tried to take a dig at her for something that wasn't really didn't have anything to do with her. Well, as they do with. Yeah, but, you know, that's any wealthy family or well-connected family or celebrity or whatever people are always taking digs i mean we yeah know that um so yeah anyway um, anyway so <laughs> this money that the middleton family had set aside for the trust fund for the kids education saw Catherine going to down school which was a very prestigious uh, girls school in the uk um She was a day student at first, and then I believe she boarded when she was a little bit older. And while she was there, she was reportedly bullied so horribly that her parents actually took her out of school and switched her to Marlborough College because it wasn't just a matter of like, oh, you know, people are being a little bit like a little bit mean or they're like poking a little bit of fun. Like they were bullying her to the point where it was causing her like severe harm into her like mental well-being as a young child though do you do you know why like what the like what kind of bullying it was that's so so it's really interesting Catherine has never specifically said and nobody else has either there is one article that says she was bullied for being too perfect um which I don't know what exactly that could possibly mean. Um, I've read articles before that it'll be, it was interviews with the parents of other kids at Marlboro saying that when Kate was in their kids class, they'd be like, Oh gosh, like now the competition has been like ramped up because Carol is her mom. And Carol always sent like the kids always were so perfect that it was like the moms felt like they were also competing with Carol because the kids were always, you know, they turned up to school with everything just pressed and proper and their names like hand stitched into their clothes and just everything was so perfect that it just felt like there was a lot of pressure on the moms as well, which seems a little bit weird, but apparently it was so bad that she had to switch schools. 
And as a result of that, she now as an adult does a lot of work with supporting children's charities. Um, Her focus is on the early years and the younger childhood period and just kind of making sure that children are supported at home and all of that so that any like mental health issues can be prevented because when children have support during their first five years um, and not just support, but like, you know, the proper resources and when their parents have the proper resources, a lot of adult mental health issues can be traced back to the early years and younger childhood period and not having the resources and support that's needed. And also at the time of their wedding, Catherine and William had requested that the public make donations to charities. And one of the charities that Kate requested was an anti-bullying organization. So whatever happened while she was at down school has really made a huge impact on her life in a way that could have been really negative, but Kate seems to have kind of taken it and turned it around to a positive, which is just very much a Middleton trait. That's kind of what their family seems to do. Um, And so while she was at Marlborough, Kate was, like I said, the whole family is very athletic. Kate was the captain of the field hockey team. She got incredibly good grades. She, I believe, was also on the swim team. And they play something called like netball in the UK, which looks like a weird version of basketball, I think. But she was on the netball team. (laughs) Um, She also did athletics. So she was a runner. I think I read one time she did high jump, but I don't know if that's true. But Kate is notoriously athletic. A lot of the engagements that she does as a royal are involved with sports. And she when she was at Marlborough, she really flourished. And there have been interviews with some of her former classmates saying like, oh yeah, like Kate was just, she was everybody's friend. She was so smart. She was so kind. She was quiet, but people just loved her and every boy had a crush on her. She was the girl that like every boy had a crush on and she was just. Well, she's beautiful. Yeah, she is. Um, I do think that Kate had a little bit of a, she had an awkward phase at one point. There's some pictures where it's like, oh, she looks very different. Um, like in her like earlier years and, but Everyone, like going back to as far as when she was in school, nobody's ever had a bad word to say about her. They've always said she was so nice. And, you know, apparently she was bullied for being too perfect. And the other moms would feel competitive, not because her parents ever did anything wrong, but because like your kid being in the same class as a Middleton kid meant that like you really had to step up your game with your presentation because everything was just always so well presented and put together. And they were the end mass Middletons because they were always together as a family unit and they did everything together. And nobody has ever really seemed to have had a bad word to say about any of the Middletons, which is, I mean, for a family that's now been in the public eye for well over 20 years, the worst, it's yeah, kind of like it's kind of nuts that the worst thing people have ever been able to say, and we'll talk about this, but the worst thing that people have been able to say is that they're social climbers, which in the UK, that is the worst thing you could probably ever call somebody. Here in the US, we love, right. like we love a pick them up by your bootstraps. You know, you built yourself up, you're self-made. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's incredible. You can... You can do whatever you put your mind to. Like in the United States, we love an underdog story and we love a success story. In the UK, 
they do not like that. Their social structure is very much, you know, thousands of years old at this point. And even people who are working class seem to not like to see people rise out of the working class because it is seen as a negative thing to, and I don't want to speak for everybody. And I'm sure, I'm sure like a million people are going to message us and be like, that's not true. I would never think like that. But their social hierarchy is such that like to break through the social classes and to continue that upward mobility is difficult because the higher you get, the more carefully guarded people are and they don't necessarily let people into their circles as much. And so with the Middleton family, one of the things that they've always had to contend with, and if anybody has watched The Crown, you will see, especially in this last series, which I haven't watched it um, because I just can't bring myself to do it, but there, it's there's just a lot of talk about. And so Kate and Pippa were even called the Wisteria sisters. And the British media snarkily reasoned, this is a quote that I'm reading offline, um, that this was because they were highly decorative, terribly fragrant, and with a ferocious ability to climb. So being seen as a social climber was is not great in the UK, and especially to climb as high as they climbed, right? To go from the, you know, Carol Goldsmith Middleton being the daughter of a miner to now having a daughter who is at this point dating the future king, people in the upper classes did not enjoy that. And the media had a field day with it. But that was the worst thing anybody could find to say about them. Nobody could dig into their past and find any skeletons or, you know, pull out a story about, oh, Kate and Pippa were horribly mean to so-and-so or Kate and Pippa made someone's life a living hell. Or even, you know, sometimes you hear about people who, their star starts to rise and they get a little too big for their britches and they start treating people horribly. We've never heard a story like that about any of the Middleton family until later. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess we won't address it now, but I do want to circle back mm-hmm. to that because, because we heard something later after they started dating. So we'll, we'll, we'll circle yeah. back. We've got basically like right now up until Catherine attends university at St. Andrews in Scotland. We don't know a ton about her life. We know a lot, but at this point, she is a completely private citizen. Her mother owns a business. Her father had worked for British Airways. He retired from British Airways to also work at the family business. Pippa went on to Edinburgh. And we just, we don't know as much about them as we will soon know. Because when Catherine gets into St. Andrews, which happens to be where Prince William ended up attending. She lives in the same dormitory as he does. Um, I believe it was called St. Salvador's. They used to call it Sally's for short. And they struck up a friendship. They were both in the same program. I believe they were both um, history of art majors at the time. And they became friends with everybody else on their floor. They started hanging out and spending time together. When Kate went to college, but she had a boyfriend at the time, they, you know, broke up because eventually their relationship ran its course. She was single for a while. And then Catherine attended that famous fashion show that was put on by a student organization where she modeled that kind of like see-through black dress thing that was actually supposed to be a skirt. And then backstage when she like pulled it on, 
it was like, oh, no, that works on you as a dress instead. And so that was like a last minute decision for that to be a dress. And it was said that at that event, William looked at Kate and was like, oh, wow, like my friend Kate looks pretty hot in that see through dress. And that's when he kind of <laughs> started catching some feelings for her, as the kids would say. Um, but up in, is that what yeah. they say now? Yeah, they you catch, you catch feelings. feelings. Like yeah. Just, yeah. When I was in high school, we caught the drunk, the drunk virus or my, some of my friends did like it would fly in through the window as we were driving down the road and they would suddenly, oh, my drunk. goodness, what a yeah. dangerous place to live. That was a big joke. I know it was crazy. My mom would say, what's wrong with so-and-so? I'm like, she caught the drunk virus. It's really so weird. weird. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so at that event, William happened to take notice of Kate for the first time in a, you know, less than platonic or maybe a more than platonic way. Um, (laughs) Less less than platonic. platonic. (laughs) He he didn't like her at all. In a less platonic way (laughs) where he just was not interested. Uh, No, so in a more than platonic way. Um, And so that is kind of the kickoff of their relationship. The thing about William and Kate's relationship that the press has always had a field day with is everybody, you know, right in line with the Pippa and Kate are the Wisteria sisters, ferocious ability to climb, etc. They like to say that Carol played matchmaker. And this is one of the arguments that infuriates me. Like it makes... Okay, this is the one I want to talk about because <laughs> I've always heard okay. that too. <laughs> um, yeah, so there is this big school of thought and they let it play out on the crown. And it, like, honestly, it just infuriates me so much that Catherine and Carol, like, kind of organized this whole thing. Catherine was accepted to Edinburgh and at the last minute, she supposedly changed her mind, decided to take a gap year and then go to St. Andrews instead. And everybody says that that's because they found out that William would be going to St. Andrews. And so <clears throat> she changed her mind so that she could go to the same school as him. For Catherine and Carol to have orchestrated Kate going to St. Andrews would have been really hard to pull off, especially because nobody knew William was going to St. Andrews. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, oh, really? it wasn't announced like in advance it was announced like when he decided to go there and like he showed up one day for something they were like oh you like he's going there so it wasn't and they did that on purpose right they didn't want people to know where he would be going because they didn't want to give people like advance notice to cause a scene basically well, you're ruining all of my salacious ideas about how that all happened. Just so, so it just kind of doesn't. I was super excited that they were all like scheming for her to marry him. Right. From I mean, OK, here's so, this. You're messing here's this, me right? Up. Like you have a kid who's go, like you find out your daughter is going to the same school as Prince William. I bet you're kind of you'd think it would be pretty cool if they dated, you know, like I don't think. Carol was sitting at home being like, oh, I hope they never even meet. Like she was probably like, oh, it would, this, this could be nice. <laughs> um, but I, th- there was no way for them to have schemed and plotted and gotten this situation to have worked out this way. And again, 
Okay. Yeah. And the other thing is like, let's say, like, let's say they did, right. Let's say they knew William had applied to St. Andrews. And so then also Kate applied to St. Andrews and they both got in and they, all this stuff. Then what did they do? Drug and kidnap William and take all of his free will out of the situation? Like, no, of course not. Like saying that Carol schemed and played matchmaker takes William's free will completely out of the equation and makes him just this like, unwitting party to this huge thing that has now gone on for 20 years like it doesn't even make sense <laughs> like okay well when you say it like that it does sound kind of like, stupid but whatever. like it just doesn't make sense like unless they've been drugging william every single day since he met kate to somehow like dupe him into it even if they somehow schemed their way to getting her into the same school as him The rest of it had to have happened because they met. They genuinely liked each other. He wanted to spend time with her. They went on dates. They hit it off. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so much scheming that could have taken place before. It's like, that wouldn't have actually worked (laughs) the rest of the way. Um, So, yeah. Sorry. I just, it's one of those things that like, when people say Carol played matchmaker, I get like so irritated on William's behalf <laughs> because I'm like this poor guy, like people think he's just been like duped for 20 years. And it's also so insulting to like their actual relationship. Like they've been together for 20 years and to insinuate that it's somehow fake is just, I don't know. It's just ridiculous and insulting and I feel bad. Um, but anyway, well, you, you can feel bad for me because I really loved believing that really? for a little while. So. Well, I mean, I didn't really believe it, but I liked the idea of it. it you liked the dramatic. idea that Carol was <laughs> like the puppet master. Well, I mean, now that you say it like that, it makes me look like an a-hole. <laughs> so maybe not. But, okay, explain it but to I me. Because I usually never get to have this conversation with people who are like rational and have like brain cells. Explain how you think it worked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess that it was more of an encouragement than it was an actual, um, you know, master puppet situation. So I guess it wouldn't. I mean, I, I in my head, I could see Kate going home and her mom being like, hey, did you meet Prince William? (laughs) Like, did you hit it off? Did you wear that black number? (laughs) You know, but now that you say all that and what you told me, I kind of feel like an idiot. No, you're not an idiot at all. It's so easy to fall into that trap because the media loved that story for so long. And again, on the second or on this final season of The Crown, it's like a huge plot point, apparently. Um, Oh, really? I haven't watched it. Yeah, I haven't either because I The Crown makes me angry. Because it's so factually inaccurate. It's like, yes. Here's the thing about The Crown. It's so beautiful and the acting is amazing. And it's the first few seasons were really interesting to watch because they were far removed, right? Like the first seasons were taking place in the 50s and it was just like a fun little period drama where like, yes, the Queen and Prince Philip were still alive, but... You know, so was Winston Churchill in the series. Yeah. <laughs> so it had more of like a period drama feel. But the closer we get to present day, 
now it kind of just feels like, oh, they're making this seem like it's a documentary and they're making this seem like this is historically accurate. And it's not. It's still a dramatization. And too many people watch The Crown and then turn around and say, like, well, I know this is true because they said it on The Crown. And it's like, no, that's not it's not true just because it was on TV. Like not everything you (laughs) see on the Internet is real. Um, And so it makes it hard to watch. I stopped watching last season because they were making it was when they like introduced like the Charles and Diana stuff and it just was I couldn't deal with it I couldn't deal I'm gonna go back and finish it one day because again it is really beautifully filmed and shot and the acting is amazing and the costume design is fantastic and everything about it as a tv show is great but from a person who loves history and loves the royal family I'm like oh no I can't stand that people think this is real when it's not real all right fair enough you've convinced me moving on anyway um so the interesting thing about william and kate's relationship is when they start dating it's a secret for a while i mean their friends knew and they were living together at college they had lived in the dorms for a while and then they rented a house william and his friends rented a house and kate was one of those friends and they lived together um they didn't start dating until after they had like rented the house together so they were friends for quite a while um but we didn't know that they were dating until Catherine went on a ski trip with william harry and charles and she was photographed with william on vacation and the press went absolutely bonkers and they were like oh my gosh william has a girlfriend and there had kind of been inklings that he was dating somebody but when he was at university the press had like a very and same with when he was at eaton as well the press had a very hard line like they could not cross they could not intrude into his life at school let him be a teenager, let him grow up, let him be as normal as possible and have the same experiences that everybody else gets to have at school. Um, and in exchange, he would do an interview on like before the first day of school, he would do the interviews on holiday with his dad. Um, you know, they would release the pictures, whatever, but their relationship was able to stay under the radar for a while because the press was not permitted to intrude into his private life. However, once they found out about her, it was, they became very interested in her and they tried to kind of dig up information, which again, that takes us back to, there was nothing really to dig up other than she seemed to be from a nice family. Um, That's when people started saying like, oh, you know, a little bit of social climbers, whatever. But when they graduated, suddenly the whole, everything shifted because William was no longer under the protection of he being away at school and the press Kate got a job in London. She was living in London in a flat that her parents bought in Chelsea that they actually just sold it a couple of years ago. And it was so beautiful. And I looked at the pictures of it online and I was like, yeah, Kate Middleton lived there and you can totally tell. Um, it just looked like a Middleton lived there. Um, and so Once they were out from the protection of being at university, the interest in Kate ramped up like ridiculously. And this is where you start to see the press becoming obsessed with her, basically, because in their mind, this this woman could potentially be the future queen and we need to know everything about her and we need to watch her every move. And it also, of course, helps that she's gorgeous. She has a beautiful family. Um, she's 
out and about and, you know, her and her sister were going out in London. They were attending some charity events. They would occasionally be photographed with William at polo matches and horse races and all of that stuff. And so the press really took an interest in her. And when we hear certain other members of the royal family say that they were harassed by the press, they were like tormented by the press and followed and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I haven't really seen it. But we've seen hundreds of instances of videos and photos of Kate with literally a pack of photographers around her, just like we used to see with Princess Diana, like 40 grown men following her with cameras, shouting in her face as she's trying to get in her car just so she can drive down the street and go to work or go to the grocery store. Or anytime she's leaving a restaurant, there's pictures of her like from the second her foot steps out the door until the cab drives away. And there's pictures taken up her skirt. There's pictures taken of her. You know, she went, she did a charity event and she fell and they took pictures of her on the ground. And there's a video, I think I've referenced this video now like three or four times and it's very hard to find. And I think I might've found it once and sent you the link, but it seems to get wiped off the internet every so often. Um, but it's basically Kate and Pippa are walking home at night. So I'm assuming they're coming from like a restaurant or a bar and it's dark and Kate's back is to the cameras. And there's like at least five or six paparazzi there. And some are taking photos because you can see the flashes going off and you can hear the flashes or you can hear like the clicking of the camera. And then someone's taking a video and Kate's back is turned and she's not speaking. And you can hear Pippa and she's and you can hear Kate a couple times, but you can hear Pippa going like, guys, please just leave us alone. We just want to go home like you're scaring us like we just want to walk down the street like please leave us alone. And they're like begging and you can hear Kate at one point. She goes like, come on, guys, not today. And it's just sad because they're literally they're stopped and they're kind of cornered. And they're begging these grown men to like, please leave us alone and just let us go on our way. And these are like just two young women who are in their early 20s begging a, a group of grown men to leave them alone. And it's so sad to hear and to see. And then you hear other members of the royal family say like, oh, I was harassed. And it's like, no, you had some people write some stuff about you that you didn't like, which... Kate also had happened a lot, but at no point did you get literally cornered on a road and you were unable to move because the press were like blocking you in. At no point did somebody take a photo of you topless with a long lens camera from a mile away while you were on a private vacation and then publish it in an international magazine. You know what I mean? Like, at no point was your phone hacked 149 times. Um, and so the level of press intrusion and paparazzi harassment that Catherine had to deal with as a girlfriend was just ridiculous. And there was nothing she could do about it necessarily. There was nothing William could do about it. You know, he issued a few statements to the press. They sent their lawyers on them a couple times for things that were really, really out of bounds, but there wasn't anything they could do. Because it's not illegal to take someone's photo if they're walking down the street. And it's not illegal to hound them like that if 
the paparazzi can make the legitimate claim that like there's a legitimate public interest in this person. And so Kate dealt with that for eight years until her and William got engaged, which is a really long time to not be able to leave your house without 25 grown men shoving a camera in your face. So yeah, I've always just felt very bad for her in that regard. Yeah, I think that I accidentally tipped you over onto your soapbox. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Okay, so let's move on. I think that we were talking about they started dating at St. Andrews. All right, so here's where my favorite Waity Katie comes in. So talk to me a little bit about Waity Katie. Waity Katie. So poor Kate, she goes to St. Andrews, one of the best universities in the world. um, And she meets a prince and they start dating, which is wonderful for both of them. And it becomes very apparent while she's dating William that being the girlfriend of a royal is a job in and of itself. She's suddenly being invited to social events and charity events that require a lot of time. She's part, She was on the board of a few charity events, like throwing charity events that raised like hundreds of thousands of dollars for hospitals and children's care and all of that stuff. Um, and she also had a boyfriend who, at the drop of a hat, maybe like... You know, when he was, for example, when he was at Sandhurst Military Academy, he wouldn't necessarily be able to make plans far in advance. And at the drop of a hat, he'd be like, oh, hey, I'm going to be in London. Can I see you tonight? And she would have to be able to be like, yes, you can. And she kind of realized that her career, for better or for worse, was going to have to be being William's girlfriend, which sucks. Um, She did have a part time job at a company called Jigsaw as an accessories buyer. And Jigsaw, I believe, was owned by a Middleton family friend. So she had a lot of flexibility there. But it was really difficult for her to have any sort of regular job because, A, she kind of needed the flexibility to be available for like the royal stuff. But then also a lot of companies just didn't want to deal with the drama that came with employing the girlfriend of Prince William. Not that she was drama or she was a problem, but did they want to subject their employees to having a pack of paparazzi waiting outside the front door? So now everybody's got to deal with that. And the extra security measures that had to be taken, because although Kate didn't have her own security, she had security measures in place, you know? Um, So there were all of these things that kind of coincided that led to Kate just being seen as a girlfriend in waiting. She was just sitting there waiting for William to make it official because until she was his wife, she didn't have an official role within the royal family. Unless they broke up, she couldn't really pursue her own path necessarily. And so the press named her Waity Katie because for eight years, she just kind of waited. I, and I don't, I also, I have another soapbox about that, but. <laughs> you may have a, we, I will allow you to have a mini soapbox about it, but I do love that nickname. And as a writer, I love it when things are, you know, fun and to the point without being um, 
super offensive because it's not really super offensive. It's just like, thanks a lot. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like it's not it's not terrible. It's not like they weren't calling her anything like horrifically awful. It was just it wasn't fair because she was making a personal decision based on information that she had that we were not privy to. You know, there's always been talk that her and William kind of had like an agreement that like, yes, eventually they were going to be married one day. And because she had that information, she was content to kind of build her life around his knowing that the end goal was not to be his girlfriend forever. Right. Except for that they broke up for a little while. Come on. They broke up for like two and a half months. I think it was a very, very short breakup. (laughs) Um and during that time, Kate Kate flourished. Kate thrived during that breakup because if there was ever a time where Carol played matchmaker, that was the time. Because reportedly, Carol said to Kate, okay, you guys broke up. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Get out there. Have a great time and show him what he's missing. And if he comes back, great. And if he doesn't, you're better off without him. But do not sit home and wallow over a boy because you're too good for that. And so when they broke up, Kate and Pippa hit the town. Like they were out all the time, looking amazing, going to every party, every club opening. Um, And Kate kind of like dove into the socialite scene a bit. And then as soon as her and William started dating again, she like backed off of it. But if there was ever a Carol playing matchmaker period, it was during that very brief breakup, um, which was literally from, it took place from like April to June. They were broken up. It was very short. Um, But that I would say like, yeah, she played a part in them getting back together because she told Kate, like make him see what he's missing. So, and I think that's just, any mom would do that, I think, maybe. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Like that's just kind yeah. of standard, 100%. like, I don't want my kid to sit home and be sad advice. <laughs> so I don't think there's anything like... Yeah. And at that point, they had been dating for a really long time. So Carol knew William. And, you know, if she had thought that William wasn't good for Kate, I'm sure she would have been like, forget him, who cares? But she obviously thought, okay, let's do something about you know, let's, let's get my kid out there. So she's not just sitting home sad and crying all the time. 